Hello, Texans. Welcome to the podcast. Nick Casario joins John Harris and myself. OTA's done. Mini camp on the way. Checking in with the general manager on how things are going. We are delighted to be joined by General Manager Nick Casario. Nick, how's it going? Happy summer and OTAs and minicamp and everything else. Good to be here. Good to see you guys. Well, tell us how it's going right now because we're in that <clears throat> off-season practice period before the long break. So what are you seeing out there? What can you share with us about that? Yeah, really, at this point, we've had a fairly productive spring. Uh, nine practices to this point. Uh, I have a few more remaining next week, kind of finish it off with the minicamp, which will be very similar to what we've done here the last few weeks. But from the start to where we are now as a team, we've made we've made some progress. Uh, you can see both individual and collective improvement, whether it's a position group, whether it's an overall group offensively or defensively. Uh, the players have worked hard, have had a good attitude, in good condition. Uh, really, this is about just sort of laying the foundation, uh, getting everything installed. And when we come back in training camp, we'll kind of start back over, but it'll move at a quicker pace. And then we're really getting ready to play football. So. Um, overall, we're, we're pleased with what progress that we made and, you know, can't speak enough about the players, just their attitude, their approach, their professionalism on a day-to-day basis. The coaches have worked hard. The players have worked hard. We've made progress. So we'll see if we continue to build on it as we go. Nick, you used the key word, install. How important have these weeks during OTAs and minicamp been, given the fact that new verbiage, new offense, new defense, et cetera, how important have those weeks been so you can hit the ground running it in training camp? No, it's huge. I mean, this is a great opportunity to maximize the time that you have with the players. Um, when you go from phase two to phase three, you're implementing the things that you've discussed in the classroom. Now there's an application component once you actually get on the field. And there's going to be things that happen at a different pace, a different speed. And you can see just standing behind the drills and listening to some of the communication on both sides of the ball, that's where you start to build the foundation and you start to build the trust with the players that are next to you. And then you talk after the play, what did you see on that play? Well, here's the reason I made that call. And then you go back and can watch it on film and you correct it and you talk about it. So there's been a lot of really good information flow back and forth from the players to the coaches and vice versa. Um, but this is really our opportunity to practice what we've put in place, what we've installed in the classroom. And the only way you get better is with reps and work. What can you tell us about the offense and how it might look, what you're seeing out here, putting the system in, how Bobby Sloak's offense is going to operate? The one thing about the spring that you probably offensively can't spend too much time on or just the way it's set up is just the running game. So kind of to John's question, that's more of in the classroom. Here's the base. Here's the scheme. Here's how the plays are blocked because of the limited amount of contact you can have. So the spring ends up being a little bit more about the passing game. So it's mm -hmm. about the timing. It's about the execution of the overall passing game ball placement, seeing coverage, reacting to what you see. Um, I would say it's going to be a multiple offense. I think most offenses are multiple. You're always going to start somewhere, and then you're going to sort of build on that. But multiple formations, multiple position groups. I think the big thing from a player's standpoint is schematically, you've probably run a lot of the same plays. It's just how are we going to term it here? How mm -hmm. is Bobby call it? What is he looking for? What is the coaching point? I think the the preciseness and the precision and the positioning of where you're supposed to be on a play is critically important. Um, and those are things that you can work on during practice. You can work on after practice. You can work on um, on your own in kind of pods or individual groups. Um, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but I think Case has done a great job of taking some of the younger players or taking the position group in the morning before we meet or before practice and going through the script. So there's an opportunity for to hear it called, to hear the information, 
to kind of what's my assignment on the play. Then you get in a meeting, you see it again, then you go out there and practice it. So that's you're trying you're trying to build and get as many reps as you can, however you can do it. So um, I think in training camp we'll have a better idea of the combination of the running game, how it fits with the offense, but the running game is certainly going to be an important part of what we're doing offensively. Nick, rookies coming off of their draft experience, however you want to look at it, you want to see every group, obviously, whether it's a veteran or a rookie, you want to see them all improve. But this rookie group in particular, there obviously was a lot of spotlight because you had picks number two and three in CJ and Will. But overall as a group, what have you seen from the rookies and have you seen the progress that you've wanted to see in that particular group? Yeah, really th three things, attitude, work ethic, and progress. So in those three areas, um, the whole group has really done a good job. They've had a good attitude. They've been about work. They understand it's about competition. They understand it's not about whatever expectations somebody or we may or may not have for them. It's just about show up each day, be consistent, be intentional with your work, and try to make individual improvement and then try to make collective improvement within the group um, that you're a part of. So from that perspective, I mean, knock on wood, they've been out there. Uh, they've yep. been available. The attitude has been good. The work has been good. And they've been very intentional with their with, with what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Nick, the media is able to watch some practices, and there's a lot of talk about who's running with the ones and the twos <laughs> and the threes. Is there anything less relevant right now than that? Discuss that phase of it, that part of it for us, and, and what to read into those things. Yeah, probably not. It's kind of a you know fun story to talk about. But in the end, the spring is about installation of your offense, and really what you're doing is multiple people are working with multiple players. So, Because when you think of the overall arc of the season, at some point, whoever's in the building, 65, 70 players, there's probably a good chance that they're going to be on the field. So you're not waiting until, well, now this player is available. Now I have to get my reps with him. Everybody rolls through. Everybody gets an opportunity. We're managing uh, count, uh, rep count, load. Some of that is based on sports science. Some of that is based on what we need the player. If we get to a point, we need to pull back. Some we've seen enough of certain players. Other players are going to get more reps. So everybody works with one another. You're communicating with each other. Honestly, it doesn't really matter who's on the field. At some point, somebody's going to have to be on the field. But even offensively, you're going to have 11 personnel. You're going to have 12 personnel. You have 21 personnel. You're going to have jumbo. Same thing on defense. You have a base group. You're going to have a nickel group. You're going to have a dime group. And there's going to be different people in different spots. And some of this is a little bit trial and error. You might put a player in a position, let's see if he can handle it. Just as an example, Brandon Hill's taking some reps inside the formation at nickel. He didn't do that at Pittsburgh. He's primarily been a safety. But if you enhance your overall ability to learn multiple spots and show that you can handle that capacity and handle the assignment and the work that goes along with it in conjunction with what you might do in a kicking game, that's what the spring is really about. The rest of it, I mean, it's a fun story for people to talk about or write about, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. Getting to the end of it. And then they got this big break where the players are out of the building. Like, what's the biggest message for the players to take out of the building before they come back into a first training camp? Be smart. Make good decisions. Don't lose sight of the work that you have to put, to put in and continue what you've established and put in place before training camp. So the worst thing any player can do is when we're done next week, really four to five weeks of sitting on your ass and doing nothing. That's really not yeah. going to help you get ready for training camp. It's not, well, we'll get ready in training camp for the season. It really doesn't work that way. So you have to have the right mindset. You can be a little bit more strategic with how you, maybe you structure your day, but have a plan. Wake up each day. What's my routine? What am I going to do? What am I trying to accomplish? Conditioning and work, those are the things that you can focus on. It's not so much about schematics and X and O. 
but you can there's plenty of things that you can work on away from the building to make sure that you're mentally and physically prepared for the rigors of what you're going to endure once training camp starts. Well, we know you have who you have. The player acquisition part of the year is largely over, but it never really ends. So there's still some players out there, Nick, in the wind. And how do you evaluate or go about the process of, do we need this guy? Does he want to come here? Do we want to sign this player? How do you go about that? No, all the above, Mark. I think the, the player acquisition process, and we've talked about this multiple times, is very fluid. It's ongoing. So it's not certain segments of the year. There's a little bit more volume that's associated with it. But all throughout the spring from you know May after the draft until this point, we've worked players out through the spring, and you're trying to have – there's a couple pods or groups of players. Kind of a camp-ready list. If you lose a player in camp, maybe he's a 90-man roster player, or if there's another player that you feel can have a definitive role and really improve and help your football team. And finances are always a part of that as well. You can't lose sight of that. So we have a certain amount of flexibility that's available to us. So – We've been very open-minded. D'Amico has talked about this, and we've talked about this collectively. We'll look at our options, and we'll try to make decisions that we feel are best for the football team. And if there's an opportunity that makes sense for us to pursue, then we'll look at it. If it doesn't work, we'll kind of keep moving forward. I think we have an idea of, of where we are as a team, kind of what we have in the building. And if there's something that we feel we need to do, then we'll address it. Nick, when you were with New England, you guys did a lot of joint practices. In fact, you did them with us in 2017. Now you got joint practices, two with Miami, two with New Orleans. How important were was it to get those four practices on the schedule? No, it would really be a great opportunity for our team to continue to grow and to work against another team. And we're going to see things from each side of the ball with both of those teams that either, A, we don't do or something new, and it's another learning opportunity for us. So as we get into that, how you structure practice could affect how we play the preseason games, but you want to make sure that everybody's getting the adequate uh, amount of work. Um, but the first two weeks will be about the Texans, and then once we transition after the New England game and Miami comes in here, then it'll be a little bit more of a understanding the opponent because this is what it's going to be during the regular season. Play a game the next week, prepare for a different team, prepare for a different opponent, start to understand the personnel, start to understand what are they trying to do in all three phases. And then the following week, the same thing. And, and that kind of simulates as best you can what the regular season is going to look like. So it's a great opportunity for really our entire organization. It's a great opportunity for the players and coaches to kind of get um, hopefully productive work done with two really good teams and, let's say, organizations and, and clubs that we respect. We had a big town hall with the season ticket members, you and Coach Ryan's. And what, a couple of thousand people there, whatever. A lot of people asking questions. What'd you think of the event? And what'd you take away from that doing what you do, Nick? Yeah, I'm, my one question is where was Toro? He, he couldn't make that. Uh, <laughs> well, he was around somewhere, maybe. I don't know. Taking a lot of pictures with people. No, I, I think that the support, what it shows is there's a significant amount of, um, of support for D'Amico, the team, what we're trying to do. And I think we're we're excited about the opportunity in front of us, and we just appreciate the fans sort of sticking with us. And there's an appetite for winning, and I think everybody is craving winning. Um, winning in the end is going to be about work. It's going to be about uh, having a good process and being able to go out there and execute um, when it matters most on Sundays. But it's always great. It's a, it's a different type of forum, but it gives everybody opportunity to kind of express some of their sentiments about how they feel. And we have an obligation and responsibility and kind of a fiduciary duty <laughs> to 
you know, answer their questions, try to be honest about where we are, um, be realistic and just let them know and thank them. And we appreciate the support that they provide for us because this, we can turn this place into a pretty good home field advantage. And it's going to be about the support that we receive from the fans. So it's really about getting in the stadium, filling the stadium, make it as hard as possible on the opposing offense and giving them something to cheer about. So um, it's a great uh, opportunity for us to sort of connect with maybe some folks you really don't get a chance to on a regular basis. I want it known. I did not plant the best question. <laughs> I want to know <laughs> right best now. Question. I did not plant the best. I think I might question. have to retire the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> go you, all you in. Can't. There's no, there's no way you can't. You cannot. I it mean, would be it hard is, to do. Yeah, it's part of your quote unquote brand. Speaking, I have of, no brand. Speaking, I'm of brandless. You, <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity to get away, be with family, get away. How much? How important is that for you to regenerate? before a long season huge important for all of us um and i think we all have to be cognizant of the time that we have with the people that really we care about and love the most and it's really not just about that four to six week period and all of a sudden when you go back to work and never see your family again it's really it's your opportunity to just focus on the girls and what they want to do and they know daddy doesn't have to run off to work so which is it's it's great i mean honestly really look forward to it I think we all should look forward to it. Coaches look forward to it. it. It's good to take a step back and sort of recalibrate and refresh. And there'll be some things that'll be spinning in your head, but the breakneck pace isn't there the way we know it's going to be once training camp starts. So we're definitely excited, and um, it'll be a great opportunity for all of us to, to get some time together. How you, hard is it for you to hit the brakes? Because you're going mm. – I mean, you go right from the draft. Then you go right to OT. It's like you're, you're going 85 in the left lane. How hard is it to throw on the brakes and be – whoa, I don't have to go in. I am on quote-unquote vacation. How hard is that? Because I know it's hard for me, and I'm not even as, <laughs> as you are. Yeah, it's it's not as hard as maybe you think. It's all about just your commitment and just your attitude and approach. I think one of the things that all of us try to do, myself included, maybe there's some things personally just from a learning standpoint. Maybe there's something that you can dig into, do a deeper dive on. Maybe it's a topic that you've made some notes, you want to go back right. and refresh or maybe go back and, you know, I, I enjoy reading. So that's something that during the summer, it's an opportunity to kind of work through some things, some things that may have some relevance to what we're doing or if you glean an idea from something you come across. So that you can get as much out of it as you want and you can still be productive with your time. It's similar to what we talked about with the players. You still got to get on a regular schedule, kind of establish your routine, whatever your pace and cadence is going to be over the course of the summer. But um, always look forward to it. Um, it's a great time just for us to kind of to step away and get away. And I think all of us should take advantage of opportunities because we don't get them. You know, we're fortunate where we get four to five weeks where we really have uh, to ourselves. And that doesn't, that's not always the case. Well, being summer, a lot of people have kids. So what did you do in the summer when you were a kid? Did you have a job? Oh, did yeah. You go to no, football that's an camp? awesome question. <laughs> so... I started playing baseball when I was six years old. So we had a six, seven, eight-year-old league. So I was doing that. And then, oh, let's see, when I was 10, 11 years old, I was doing AAU basketball. So when wow. school was over, I was going from summer baseball to AAU basketball. Um, we qualified for the national tournament. One year it was in Indianapolis. Another year it was in Tennessee. Another year it was in New Orleans. Um, and in conjunction with that, so um, and I've talked about this. So my dad has essentially been in construction since he was 18, 19 years old. He's had his own business. He just turned 70 the other day, and he still works. So I'd say you know we're, we're grounded in a pretty strong work ethic. That's how I grew up. And part of that was we went to work with my dad. So we were mm. – 
shoveling concrete, doing all the labor that was associated with that and really look forward to it. Um, so between school was over, all right, I'm going to go work with dad. Um, and also my grandfather who passed away, you know, a year, year and a half last year, mm. he was also in construction. So part of it is go work with dad, go work with Papa, uh, my grandpa, uh, Papa Nero. And then I was doing sports. So we were, we were active. I was active. Mm -hmm. We didn't take vacations. So right. my mom and dad were running me around to the baseball field, to the basketball court. And we were, I was working. I would wake up in the morning. I would go to work. We'd wake up, you know, early, go to work. We were on the job by seven thirty, eight o'clock. We'd work till five, five thirty, And then as soon as work was over, I'd race to the baseball field and go play in a game. So, and I, honestly, I loved it. I mean, that yeah. was what we did and did that kind of all the way through high school. And then once high school was over, went to college and kind of transitioned to a little bit in the preparation during the summer, um, you know, was about football workouts and, and really look forward to that. So everybody kind of has something that they remember and just about their, um, their child and how they grew up and, you know, but it was baseball, basketball, and I was doing construction and, Loved every minute of it. So you played all three sports. That sounds like my summer because when I went to Brown, my friends would be, well, where did you vacation? I'm like, I didn't vacation. I was like, I played a basketball and a baseball game in the same day. That was, that we was didn't my vacation. vacation. I think one year we went to Lake Chautauqua. That was kind of other than that. If we went away, it was traveling for baseball. We had a baseball tournament right, yeah. in Columbus or wherever it was, New Philadelphia, Ohio. That was our yeah, vacation. vacation. And that was, that was what we look forward to. And my parents were phenomenal about that. They never missed anything. They always got us there. They were always supportive of what we were trying to do. So very fond memories in the summer. So it wasn't as, uh, um, honestly, th these summers are a little bit slower paced than they were growing up for, you know, for my brother and I. Was Cedar Point there when you were Cedar Point up? and Sandusky, yes. Yeah. I wasn't a big, I know this is a shocking development, but <laughs> I wasn't a big uh, Cedar Point guy because yeah. it was, not that I didn't have time for it, but I know everybody thinks I was miserable as a kid and didn't have any fun, but <laughs> I enjoyed sports and I enjoyed working. So that was where the right. focus, but t yes, Mark, Cedar Point was in Sandusky. Huge um, amusement park. Yes, yeah. massive. Ah, okay. Massive. Yeah. And Geauga like, Lake. Cedar you had Cedar Point and Geauga Lake were sort of the two amusement parks, but I was usually going to the baseball field. So that's where I was going. <laughs> I've got one more football one for you, because now that you've watched the whole staff coach for a few weeks before you're working with them draft evaluation player acquisition but now actually watching them on the field coaching and this kind of ties into what happened last night the vibe of D'Amico Ryans and what he brings and the energy what are you seeing out there on the field in that department the vibe Nick yeah well I'd say just from a coaching perspective it's energy it's communication um, and they're really good teachers and so mm -hmm. there's a lot of detail that goes into and D'Amico is big on fundamentals, focus on your fundamentals and being intentional with your movements on each play, whether it's your first step, whether it's a linebacker, that initial step, how you take on a block, how your feet are positioned as a receiver, where you're supposed to be on the route. I'd say the level of detail and coaching and focus, um, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, we've got a, a you know, good combination of some younger coaches and some veteran coaches. Um, good, clear communicators. And really what you want to do as a coach is just provide the player the information that they need and then not overcoach it, but knowing, okay, we'll address that in the meeting room or know how to address it. So a lot of this is how you handle your players. And every coach is, is sort of you have to learn the nuance of how the player absorbs information, how he takes the information, how does he handle adjustments, how does he handle if there's a mistake or something on the play. But 
the staff's worked really hard. They got a great attitude. They got a lot of energy on a day-to-day basis and really starts at the top with D'Amico and it kind of trickles down to the coordinators and the position coaches. But um, it's been a lot of fun to work with this group. They're all a bunch of great, I would say, people um, in addition to being, you know, really good coaches. Nick, thanks a lot for being with us. Have a great summer if we don't see you, but we're going to see you anyway. But <laughs> thank you for the visit. Thank you, guys. Always appreciate it. There's our podcast with Nick Casario. You can check out all the other podcasts wherever you got this one. Go to all the Texans platforms for all the information on your Houston Texans. Have a great day. Go Texans!